haven't noticed. The enemy's working overtime, but he always has been. And he always will be. Because he knows he's running on time. Thank God our God is a God out of time. He's out of place, out of wherever he wants to be because he's God. But the devil has to work on parameters. Because he is not God. And he doesn't have power like God. So he has to follow by the rules that God places for him. If you haven't noticed, America is under a lot of trauma. And it seemed to just kind of, this whole year, just took off and the enemy ran with it. But unfortunately, these have all been things that he's set up and been waiting to tramp or waiting to pounce on America. He's been waiting this whole time. Sitting back and waiting. Slowly eroding at us. Slowly taking things away. Slowly setting his mark to when he wanted to attack us. Because he's, he's always attacking. He's always got a plan. He's always got a plot. He's always trying to come after, steal, kill, and destroy. We know that's what the devil's up to. And he's always trying to accomplish that in your life one way or the other. But as we've noticed this year, it's been an all-out blatant attack against everyone. But just as God uses people, so does the enemy. And our fight, of course, is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So we shouldn't get mad at the people doing the things that are going on in this world. We should be praying for them and asking for their salvation and their deliverance and for the Holy Spirit to fall upon them. As one of the things that is prevalent right now, besides Clovis is still around, which we rebuke, bind up, and cast away in the name of Christ Jesus, and loosen whatever grip it has on this nation and this world. But there's also been an issue... Supposedly, the media like to tell you, God bless them. If you haven't noticed, they seem to be in the pocket of the enemy as well. I don't think most people notice that. If you're not in your word and you don't know your Bible and you don't know signs and you don't know, you don't know what's good and what's evil to the full extent, then you could be lambasted by the media or doctors or people that say that they're out there looking for your good and your well-being when they're truly not. But there's been one thing that's coming up here lately. It's about race. Saying that we're all, everything's evil, everything's bad, it's all because of the cops, racial disorder, that's also due to one thing the enemy's been trying to do for a very long time. We all come from one race. We all come from one man and one woman. There is no race other than the human race. Yes, there are cultures from other places. There's different cultures from Zimbabwe to Yugoslavia. There's different cultures around the world. Everyone's got a different culture. Americans have a different culture. But there's only one race, the human race. We were all created from one person. There is no difference. We may look different sometimes, have a different pigmentation or, or melanin count. But we all come from one man and one woman. And we're all in a race. It's interesting, we're called the human race. <laughs> because we are all in a race. And I ask you today, what are you racing for? What are you racing towards? What is it in your life that you're racing for? I want to figure, I mean, picture this in your head. You're in a car or maybe on foot running, however you want to picture running the race. Whether that's driving in a fancy fast car down a big old crazy track like on Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome or something, or if you're literally physically running down a trail somewhere, however you want to envision it, envision it that way. But every one of us are running a race. A race against time, 
a race against each other, with each other. We're all racing to a certain destination. And I simply ask you, what are you racing for and where are you racing to? Are you racing home today so you can go watch football? Which, by the way, I don't watch right now due to the stuff that's going on. Are you racing home today to go eat? And go, oh, man, I'm hungry. I'm starving. Oh, i got to go get me a cheeseburger. It's like, man, I wish Swatley's was open today. Where are you racing to? And why are you racing there? What is it that moves your spirit to run? And where are you running to? Are you running into the open arms of our Father? Or do you only do that when you have a problem? Our number one place we should run to is God at all times. Whether it's a problem or a praise, the number one place we should be running to is the arms of our Father and the open arms of Jesus. But I ask you, what are we running for and what are we running to? When there's a battle or a fight or something's going on, do we run to that battle? Do we pick up our swords and our shields and our helmets and our breastplates of righteousness and the shoes of the preparation of peace? And do we go out to war? Or do we turn on Netflix? Which, by the way, I don't have either. What is it you're running for? What's your race? I can tell you what the race is. Whether we believe it or not, we're all running to one place. That's either heaven or it's hell. There's only two destinations this race is going to lead at the end. There's only two places you can go. And that's to heaven with God the Father or to hell with the devil forever. Do you even wonder where it is you race to from day to day, from time to time? On your way home from work, do you understand where you're racing to? Are you racing home to spend time with your kids? Are you racing home to sit there and be lazy and watch TV and go to sleep so you can do it all over again? I only say that because these are things that convict me. Things I have to deal with. I won't lie. I come home from work sometimes. I'm tired. I just want to lay there and watch TV and go to sleep and relax. But I know that's not what I'm supposed to do. I do have a scripture for you this morning. It's one the Lord put on the on my heart this year, at the beginning of the year. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 26, 27, if you want to turn there. But it's one the Lord impressed on me, and he's impressing it on me this morning, so I'm just going on with it. Because we're all in a race. We're all running. We're all the human race. God handcrafted us, made us in his image. Every last one of us. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter what creed you are. Doesn't matter what culture you are. It doesn't matter. God made us all. And we all come from the same place. But the devil would like you to think otherwise. And he's going to do everything in his power to muddy up whatever the Bible says. If you haven't seen that by watching the news, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Or schools, but that's a whole other thing in its own, and I'm not going down that route. But in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, 27, some familiar scriptures, most of you probably heard them or know them. So therefore, I run. I run. I run. And when you look up the Greek in that, it literally means to run or to walk vigorously or fast in a certain course or direction. And I ask you today, where are you running? Are you running home to read your word? Are you running home to praise the Lord? Are you running home to go watch that Christian movie? Are you running home to go drink a beer, smoke a joint? Are you going to run home to drown out your sorrows in another way? Well, the number one place we should be running to is the Lord at all times. To be in his presence. To rest in his arms. To know that he wants us to win this race. Because the other, the two places we got to go is heaven and hell. And if you haven't figured out, if you're going to hell, you've lost the race. 
But this race is a long time, and each one of our races may be similar, but they're all different, and they're handcrafted for each one of us individually. So therefore I run, but not with uncertainty. I know where I'm going. I know the race I gotta run. I know where it is I need to run. I don't always know how to get there. But that's the good thing about the Lord. If you just ask him, I guarantee you, he'll tell you. I don't have a doubt in my mind. If you just ask God, God, I'm dealing with some stuff. I'm kind of out of whack right now. My feelings and emotions are kind of going all over the place. I, I, I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. Please help me. Get back on track. Get back on the race course. Get back driving down the road. But sometimes in the middle of that race, we get distracted. It's like, hey, man, I want a hamburger. We'll pull over. Get that hamburger. Spend a little time with too long with that hamburger or whatever that situation is. And we lose track of time. Oh, we got to rest. Sometimes the course changes on us. Now we don't know where to go. That's why we got to go to God to ask, okay, which way do we need to go? That's why it's a good way to know your Bible. It's a good reason to read that thing. Read it. I didn't read it for a very long time. It's due to my own demise of things in my life and things that have happened that I wish I would have known because I might have changed them. I might not have. But if I would have only known, if I only read it for myself and not listened to somebody else tell me what it was, but if I had only spoke it and looked at it and read it myself, would I have gone down the same paths I've gone down? Would it lead to the same ending? Would it go to the same place, the cross? Because I'm pointing at a cross right now, but if you're not here with me, but I'm pointing to a cross. That's the end of my race. I want to go see Jesus. I want to go see him. I want to go hold his hands. I want to give him the biggest hug I've ever given anyone because he gave me everything. That's where I want to run my race to. Where are you running yours? So it says, therefore I run, but not with uncertainty. So I fight, but not as one who beats the air. Are you fighting today? Are you fighting? Or are you letting the enemy kick you around? I'm not saying, you know, things happen and we get bogged down and emotions get to us. And we don't know how to deal with things. It happens. It's happened to me. It'll probably happen again. God forbid. But I want you to know today God gave you the victory. Thanks be to God to give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. If you're doing anything for the Lord today, I don't care if you're taking a baby step, you're dragging yourself along the floor, whatever it is you're doing and you're doing it for the Lord, it ain't going to be in vain. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will keep you. He will shine his face upon you. It may feel right now that you don't have the victory. It may feel right now that you don't want to fight. You ain't got the energy to fight. Man, all these things are coming against me. My family's all broken up. Clovis 19 is going crazy. There's riots in the streets, but they're going to go away in Jesus' name. There's so many things happening in this, this, this country, that everything that's going on. I can't fight, Lord. I don't know how. I don't, I don't know what to do. But it says we fight. But not as one who beats the air. Meaning you're not just flailing around, just sitting there. Yeah, if you can see me right now, it'd be kind of fun. Anyway, you're not just flailing around at nothing. You're not shadow boxing. There's an enemy out there to fight. I don't even like saying his name, but I'm, I'm going to say lowercase d, devil, and his little minions. There's an enemy to fight. There's a battle to fight. There's a spiritual battle for each and every one of our souls as well as our nation. Are you fighting? Are you? I know sometimes I fight, but I wonder if I'm fighting enough. Am I praying enough? Am I praising the Lord enough? There's so many weapons to the arsenal and how we fight the devil that it's unfathomable. If we're doing it for the Lord, like I just said and quoted, that was uh, first, first Corinthians 15, 57, 58. By the way, if you're taking notes. And that's the scripture the Lord's buried in my heart. Thank God. It's a good one. They're all good, though. But are you fighting? Are you fighting for your family? And there's so many precedents to that. And I'm honestly, I'm fighting for mine. I am. They've got some stuff that's going on. Lord knows when I was their age, I had stuff going on. 
Stuff I'm not happy to repeat, but I mean, I did it. I went through it. Praise the Lord, I'm standing before you now. Praise the Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm running my race as close as I can to that cross to get that way. I've got that thing strapped to me as best as I can, and I'm running towards the heavenly kingdom as fast as I can. But I know I can run faster. I'm not sure where the scriptures are, but it talks about laying off the weights. If you're running a race, even if you're, you imagine driving a car and you've got weights on that vehicle or you've got weights on your body and you're trying to run that race, guess what those weights are? That's sin, by the way. But if you've got sin and you're trying to run that race, you ain't going to go too far. You ain't going to be able to run too fast and you definitely ain't going to be able to get to the, when it gets to the fighting section, you ain't going to be able to fight too well because you could be worn out. Because not all we, we're running. We are running the race towards the Father. But we also have to fight to run that race. There's fights in between. There's battles in between the race. Literally, like, it's probably like a Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome thing I, I envision in my brain. It's like, you're running, bam, you're going to jump out and fight. Bam, 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 bam. Get back in the car. Take off and keep going towards Christ. Keep going towards the Lord. But we have to fight. And if we have weights on, it's not like that one movie I can't remember with the guy that had weights on. He's like karate fighting. And it's like when he takes the weights off, he's like, wow. He's like even better than he was before. Just imagine if you had those weights off when you fight. If you've got unforgiveness or sexual sin or witchcraft or idolatry. And by the way, witchcraft is pharmacia in the Bible, which is the root word for drugs, pharmaceuticals. So witchcraft is a lot more than just Wicked people out there running spells. It's also mixed up in drugs. But if you, if you have weights on and you're trying to fight, you're not going to do too good. You've got to get the weights off. Whatever those are. I've had, I'm still shedding weights off. I keep, it's like every once in a while, Lord, pop up, hey. The newest one I'll reveal to you is Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I do. I always have. Of course, there's all these cool shows coming out now. And The Child and all that junk. But the Lord told me to drop it. Get rid of it. Can't watch Star Wars no more. Didn't give me a reason. And honestly, after all the things the Lord's asked me to drop, I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> it's like, all right, whatever you say, man. Even though I still want a reason, but I know there's a reason for it. But that's just something he's asked me to drop, and that's not even a sin. That it, well, it may be a sin that I don't even know about. That's not even a sin listed in the Bible. That's just something the Lord's told me to do. But there's plenty of stuff in the Bible that'll tell you. It's like, don't, don't be proud. Don't have unforgiveness. Sexual sin. There, I mean, yeah, if I go down the list of the heart of the things that's in, excuse me, in uh, Galatians, it's like the things our heart naturally goes after is like adultery, sexual immorality, impurity, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, dissension, heresy, envy, murderness, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. That's what our flesh naturally desires, and that's what our spirit man, the Holy Spirit, he needs to help us kick all those things out so we can be purified. So when we're purified, we burn off all that extra stuff, all that extra weight, and kick it to the side and get it out so that we can run our race and so we can fight our fight. And so there are for our run, but not with uncertainty. But so I fight, but not as one who beats the air. We know who we're fighting and we need to know who we're fighting. And if you don't know your word, then you may not have a good idea who you're fighting. There's so many principalities and things going bonkers right now. If you turn on your TV and you can't see it, you better get in your word. Everything from, from media to movies to Netflix, which, of course, I don't have anymore, even though I have, still have Disney, but I'm about to bounce that out, too, I think. But just the indoctrination and the things that the enemy's trying to put in place to make you not look at the Bible, or when you do look at the Bible, you're like, what is this? We have to know our word. That's one of the most prime sources we use to fight with. If you haven't read your word, I reckon, oh, Lord, please. Help whoever it is that listens to this and whoever it is that I'm speaking to today that they go read their word. 
Yes, it will take a little time. I'm on my fifth or sixth time through, and I ain't done yet. I don't have enough. As frankly, Graham said, if there's something he could go back in time and do again, it was spending more time in the Word. I'm like, man. I heard a brother, brother here at Rock Harbor, Brother Tanner, mention that. And I was like, that's just crazy to think a man of God that did as much as he did, that moved the kingdom of God so much as he did, that he wanted to spend more time in the Word of God? That just baffles me. That definitely means to me that I have not spent enough time in the Word. Because I know he's already spent, he's probably gone through there 50, 60 times. Probably more. And that's still not enough. We've got to have the word if we're going to fight properly. You've got to be under sound doctrine in a good church that's going to tell you the word, fuel you up, and push you or stir you to read the word for yourself. Everything I tell you today, you go read it for yourself. You go look it up in the Greek yourself. I want you to. Because there's something about that when you do that, that it burns in your soul. That it gets like attached to you like a weapon. It's one of the great things about God's word. It is a weapon. It's so many things. But if you do not have it implemented in your life, you cannot fight the fight you need to fight. And you will be flailing around. I don't know. Like I, keep, I think of some cartoon guy that's kind of just flailing around like he's going to knock somebody out. It ain't going to happen. The devil's going to stop you every single time. And then you're going to wonder why. Be like, God, why? Why did I lose? Why? Why did I not make it through this? Why do I feel so low? And God's going to be like, have you been reading my word? Have you been praying to me? Have you been talking with me? I was, I was trying to tell you this was coming. I was trying to open your eyes all, the, all these ways. Remember that radio show you heard? And that scripture that was on there? And it, it hit your heart? I was trying to tell you then. Remember that commercial you watched on TV and that one word piqued your interest and it, it was the Holy Spirit. It was me. I was trying to tell you this was about to happen. Remember that time you heard on the radio about memorizing scripture and spending more time in prayer or, or whatever it was. That was me trying to warn you this was about to happen. I'm not saying it always happens like that, but we got to fight. We have to run and we have to fight. But we have to do it in a manner that we know what we're doing. I, I can understand if, you, if you're a new Christian, you don't know what you're doing yet. I mean, doing the best you can. I guarantee you, the Lord will bless you and he will keep you and he will send you extra help. But especially to the seasoned Christians, people that know his word, people that have been coming to church for 15, 5, 20 years, and they're not fighting? They're not spending time in prayer. They're not fasting. They're not trying to memorize scripture. They're not speaking about uh, openly about what Jesus is doing in their lives or the things that are going on and affecting this nation. They're not taking stands and saying stuff about the BLM and how, how they're based in witchcraft. If they're not revealing the truth that God has showed them, then how are other people going to see it if they don't know? I remember at the beginning of this stuff with the, the riots and things, I just turned on the nightly news, and it's like the media were like, they had an overhead view. They're like, oh, riots are starting in the streets, and it's just people walking down the road. There was no signs. There were no banners. It was about 8 o'clock. It was getting dark, getting dusk. And just people wandering around the city. I don't remember which city it was. But the news reporter was talking about, oh, better watch out. There's riots about to start happening. The protests are about to start happening in the streets. Oh, no. And they're just minding their own business walking down the street like they're going to Burger King or something. Didn't look like they was about to start no fights. They're not about to start burning down buildings and, and stuff getting all crazy. But it's like the media was stirring people up. Poking at them, saying, hey, you need to go out there and do something. But what the media was stirring people up to do was not what the Holy Spirit likes to stir us up to do to fight in the spiritual way. But they're working for the enemy. Trying to stir people up to do evil things so that they can talk about it on their stupid little news broadcast and make money. If there's one thing the enemy doesn't care about, is you. 
Well, he does care about you. He doesn't want you to get anywhere near close to God because he knows once you get close to God, then you've got the victory and then you'll be able to run your race and you'll be able to fight. But if he can keep you from that any way that he can, then he's already won. But in essence, he hasn't won. That's the thing. The enemy just likes to fool you, to trick you, to make you think that you've lost when you've actually won. We won when, cross, when Christ went to the cross for us. Woo! Woo! We already won. It is over. Game over. It's like we've got max check, checkmate every time because of Christ. He tore down that veil. We come to the Father anytime we like. He grafted us in there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then he can't touch us if we know the authority that we walk in in Christ Jesus. The victory that he's given each and every one of the believers in Christ. If we only knew that and walked in it. Sometimes I forget it too. I forget it too. The enemy's good about that. Trying to get you off your race. Trying to get you off your course. So that you don't even have any clue which way you're running. Which way is up. He likes to turn off the lights and you ain't be able to see. And if you don't have the light of the Lord, your headlights to turn on. And you drive in the middle of the night. Running your race to get to where you're going. You're going to have no clue. You're going to drive right into an ambush. And if you don't know how to fight your way out. I don't know. I'm speaking mainly spiritually today. I'm not saying, you know, we're going to drive out there, get a Mad Max car, and go drive down the road. It's not what I'm saying. I'm speaking spiritually today. But so we fight, but not with uncertainty. We know what our weapons are. We know that we have a weapon of praise. We know that we have a weapon of the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. We know that we have a weapon in worship in the Lord. We know that we have a weapon in praying and praise in the Lord because our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world. And the best way to do that is in the way that confounds man itself that looks foolish to them. That's in, I mean, I always think back to that one story. I need to figure out exactly where it's at. I can't think of it. When they were going into battle and God told them to go out, I believe they had the ark, and to just go sing. Just go sing. Go, you guys go out there, grab the ark, go sing. Oh, you'll win the battle that way. I believe they prayed and fasted before they went out. And then they went out. And the Lord said, go out singing. I'm like, okay, we're going to go out worshiping and singing. Just imagine the fear. Like the fear that's gripped this nation and this world, by the way, right now. I was praying against fear, trying to bind it up and cast it away. But the weird thing about fear is it has to be faced. Yeah, I mean, you can bind it up, cast it away, but it's going to come back. And until you stand and fight, that fear is going to batter you every time. That fear is going to stomp you out because the devil knows it's something that you don't like. He knows it's something that gets under your skin, and he knows it's something that will make you back away from the race course that you're on towards the God. It'll make you go in reverse because you're afraid. Just think of how they felt. I was in morning prayer today, and I was walking around, and I'm like, just think of how they thought. Think, imagine an army in front of me, you know, just roaring and screaming. Chariots and horses and, and guys that probably cut themselves to get into the battle and blood all over the place. And they're like, Rrr! Lord knows what they were up to. And they were coming to kill uh, the Israelites. And they're just out there. Dun, 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 dun can't see me right now, but I'm dancing. So it's probably a good thing nobody can see me right now. And they're like, praise the Lord, yeah, yeah. I don't know what song they're singing. But praise the Lord, hallelujah. I don't know what they're singing, but I can imagine them out there dancing around the ark, just stomping, praising the Lord, singing. And I noticed a funny thing. When you're actually singing and praising the Lord, it's like fear kind of poof, goes away. I'm not saying at first when you're raising your hands, you, you've got stuff you're dealing with here at church and you're lifting your hands and you're singing and you don't feel like it because you got problems at home or money ain't coming in, you ain't got a job, kids not acting right, something, something's happening in your life and it's like, man, this is hard to praise you right now, Lord. I'm sorry. But once you get into praising and praising and singing to the Lord as much as you can, there's something that comes over you sometimes. It's just like, wow. It's like, why didn't I do that before? 
But when you're singing to the Lord, when you know that you're singing to the God of all creation, the creator of the universe, the one that has control over time and space and everything in this world, that knows every outcome you will do, whether it be good or bad, every choice that you will make, he can fathomably think it. He knows it. It's like, well, if you choose that choice, it's going to happen. If you choose that choice, that's going to happen. He knows everything. Every hair on your head, every tear you cry, every sorrow you've ever had, and every joy that you've ever had. When you know who it is you're singing to, the man who, he's not the man, but the God who created all things, that created the stars and the universe, the very, he created plants that, that live off sunlight. <laughs> if you start thinking the things that he created, it's just crazy and awesome. That you're singing to that guy. I know he's not a guy. You know what I'm saying, Lord. You're singing to God, the creator of everything. The guy that watches over your soul. The guy that knows what you did last night. He knew what you did last summer. The guy that's there with you every step of the way. He knew you before you were born. And the, the foundations of time when he laid it, he knew you. That guy. And you're singing and praising him? Fear doesn't stand a chance when you actually realize what you're doing. When you get into singing and praising him, it's like something comes over you. And that's something you can use in your fight, in your race. Praise. I know it's hard sometimes, even if it's a lifting of a hand and be like, God, I don't know what I'm doing right now, but I know that I know you, I need you. And I know praise stops the hand of the enemy. Because while they're out there dancing around, I imagine, I don't know if they're dancing out. It doesn't say they're dancing. I just imagine them dancing and singing to the Lord. It's like, dan, 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 hallelujah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord set ambushments for the enemy. And they got took out. And all they had to do was go out before and sing and praise God. Man, how awesome is that? Have you tried that in your problem? Have you tried that in your fight? I'm not saying it's going to work like, you know, snap your fingers, whoo, done. But have you tried that? Are you still doing it? Have you given up on it because it's like you've been praising the Lord and singing and you don't feel, you don't feel his presence or you don't feel like he's moving? And you give up on it. Would Daniel have given up if in his fast when the angel was coming to him to tell him and say, hey, man, I was coming the second you started praying and fasting. I was on my way. But the prince of Persia stopped me. I had to get help from Michael. But I'm here now. And I would say fasting and prayer would also be a form of worship and praise. But those are our weapons. Those are some of the things we fight with. And I know that we get all, I even get all bound up in the world. And sometimes I wish I had a gun to do stuff, but it's, that's not the right way. That's not the right way. <laughs> but that's a scripture that's buried in my heart. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal. They're not made by man. Our weapons are weapons of war from heavenly places. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that has holded itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Our weapons don't look like weapons at all, but the enemy sees them and the enemy knows them and he's going to do everything in his power to stop you from running your race and stop you from using your weapons that he knows will stop him. He's cool like that. Well, that's not cool at all, but that's that's how he rolls. He wants you to not know that prayer will stop him. He wants you to not know that praising the Lord and singing songs to him will stop him. He wants you to know that worshiping and coming down the altar at church and just praising the Lord or speaking in tongues or whatever it is, whatever form it manifests to worship the Lord will stop him, the enemy. We have to learn our weapons, and the number way to number one way to do that is our word. So please, don't take my word for it. Go read it for yourself. And then when you're done reading it, guess what? Start over and read it again. And when you're done reading it, start over and read it again. Pick some place in the middle and start reading it there. But start reading it. Get in it. Learn it. Equip yourself. Because God's not, when you get to heaven, and if you say God doesn't say, you know, depart from me, I never knew you. I, I pray he doesn't do that. But when it comes down to the judgment of the believers, what are you going to do when he says, you only read my word once? Why is that? You had 
85 years of your life. Yeah, you know, I'm not counting the seven years as a child, but you had all this time. You could have been reading my word, knowing who I am, doing the things that I, I created you to do, but you didn't do them. Granted, yes, you get to come into heaven. Awesome. But there's all these souls that I created you to save and you didn't save them. I had to send this other person. They did it for you. They did your job for you because I called you to do this, but you didn't do it because you didn't read my word. Well, how are you going to feel when the God of all creation tells you that? That, that, that puts a fear in me. I, I can think of some stuff off the top of my head that the Lord's asked me to do and I haven't done them yet. What's he going to say to me when I get to heaven? And I, if I, God forbid, today's my last day. I don't know. I hope it ain't. But, I mean, if it is, what's he going to say to me? Because I don't have these things done yet. I don't have them done yet. There's things he's placed in my heart to do. And I know he wants me to do them. And I haven't done them. How's that conversation going to go? Anyway, I'm getting off track, sorry. So therefore I run, but not with uncertainty. But so I fight, but not as one who beats the air. But I bring and keep my body under subjection, lest while preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Woo! But I bring and keep my body under subjection, lest while preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. It says castaways in the King James. There's a lot there in that one scripture. But I bring and I keep. When I got to those scriptures, I was like, okay, what, what's this? I'm, I'm a guy that I like to dig in the Word. I don't always do it as much as I, I like, as much as I should, but I like key words. I like looking up the Strong's and the Strong's, the Greek and the Hebrew. I like knowing the true meaning of the word. Is it only in their Bible one time? Is it in the Bible 562 times? I want to know. Is there other variations of the word? Is it a different word in the Hebrew than it is in the Greek? I want to know. So I looked up those words, the, the bringing the key. I'm not sure what it is in the King James. I hope it's the same thing. I, I, I can't tell you right now. But bring and keep are the two words that I'm going to focus on right now. But I'm not sure which one it is, bring or keep. I think it's bring. Uh, is the one where it literally means to black one's eye. You've got to beat yourself up. I'm not saying to physically beat yourself up. But spiritually, you've got to beat your your spirit, man, and your, you got to beat him into shape because this flesh, oh, I already listed all the stuff that it wants to do, and none of it's good. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, which is empowered, and, and you know, you learn more about him if you read the Word and go to church under a, a church that, that preaches the Word under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and Spirit-led, Bible-believing, If you don't bring your flesh in a check, it's going to rule you. And you're going to do whatever it is you darn well please. And I can guarantee you from the list that I read off in that's in Galatians. Uh, Galatians 5, I think it's like 18th or something. Whatever that laundry list of stuff that I even put on that heart guard thing. But all those things we're going to naturally want to do if we do not have the Holy Spirit teaching us to stop these things. If we're not walking with the Spirit... Go turn on the TV. Everything you see on TV and the media and everything they're spitting out, guess what? That's what you're going to be doing. If you do not have Jesus and you're not trying to live your life as holy and acceptable as you can to him and you're not reading your word and you're not spending time in prayer and you're not doing what you need to do, if you're not getting as close to God as you can, you are very well likely to fall into one of those traps because our flesh is like that. And I find it very interesting that Paul says there in a, was it first... I lost my train of thought. First uh, Corinthians 9, 27, where he says to bring. You've got to bring your body. You've got to beat it up. And be like, no, nope, you're coming with me. Because the second part of that word is keep. Well, the second part that I was going to focus on in the scripture is keep. Which literally means to enslave. To make one slave in the Greek. So you've got to beat yourself up. Chain yourself up and drag yourself along and be like, no, we're not doing that. No, no, we're not watching Netflix tonight. Get over here. 
No, I'm not going to watch pornography because that stuff's bad for me and the Lord's told me I don't need to watch it. No, I'm not going to smoke that joint because I know that that stuff's witchcraft, which it is. But I know that stuff's bad for me. It's a drug and I'm supposed to be sober and vigilant and watchful in the Lord. I can't be a good Christian and smoke pot. I can't be a good Christian and be bound in pornography. I can't be a good Christian and be unforgiving. I can't be a good Christian and, and be proud. I can't. It doesn't work that way. I'm not saying the Lord. The Lord will deliver you. He wants you free. These are battles you can be free of, and you can be free of them today and start walking down and driving down that road in the path of victory towards Christ. But we have to bring and keep our bodies into subjection. We, that's my job. I have to bring myself into subjection. I have to beat this thing up. If that means I have to fast more, God help me. I gotta fast more. And fasting is something I try to do regularly. I don't always do it too well. There's been seasons I've done great. I've done awesome. I'm like, yes. I feel like a, a spiritual warrior. I'm like, yeah. I fasted for two weeks, just water. Yeah. And then there's other times I'm gonna do that, and my flesh is like, no, we it ain't happening. And, and I cave and I eat and I stop my fast. I hate it when I do that. But we've got to bring and keep this body, this flesh in check. If that means getting up early to read your word, get up early and read your word. If that means getting up early to spend time in prayer, get up early and spend time in prayer. If I've noticed anything this year in 2020, this is a season that the Lord is stirring the church up. And it's up to us, it's up to me, it's up to each and every one of us personally to do what it is the Lord's put on your heart to do. And if you've read your word, you have a good idea what that could be. But even if you haven't, that's okay. I don't want to condemn anybody because you haven't read your word. I just urge everyone to please start. But we have to bring and keep our bodies under subjection. I mean, if you think back, I think Paul was talking about, you know, the reckon, I can't, reckon Roman wrestlers, I can't say it right now, but they had to be in top shape because if they did not win their battles, guess what? They're dead. Dead as a doornail. The other wrestler would probably kill them. If not, there's lions and other stuff in there. I don't know the whole thing on it. But I know there was a bunch of death. And if you weren't on your game, if you weren't running your race and fighting your fight the way you needed to fight, you weren't coming out of that Coliseum. Well, not alive, you weren't. And you can even put it to, like, athletes today, even though I've kind of stopped watching athletes today. God bless them, and I pray for all of their salvations. Anyway... They have to train their bodies. I mean, I'm sure they go on diets and things they don't want to do. I'm sure that they, they spend time after time after time after time doing the same thing over and over again, repetitive, learning that trait, whatever it is, whether it's golf, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, hockey, whatever the sport is, they train themselves physically to do the job that they need to do. Whether that's working out five times or five hours a day all week long, we need to take what that is in the physical and do that in the spiritual. And that's reading your word. That's spending time in prayer. That's speaking to people about Jesus. That's sharing our testimony. That's singing praises to the Lord. There's so many things. The kingdom of God is so vast. There's so many things that we could do. But we have to bring and keep our bodies into subjection. We have to whip them into shape. We have to beat them down. Tell them, no, you can't have that cheeseburger. No, you can't watch that. No, that's bad. You know that. Get over here. Wrap them up in some chains and drag that old man and kick him the heck out to this curb and let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us everywhere we go. That's something I pray on. I mean, I want the Holy Spirit leading and guiding every step of my day. There's times I fight them. And that comes into the part that you got to beat up your flesh. You've got to put your flesh in check. Or the Holy Spirit can't operate like he wants to. Man, I read the word. I, I read these stories about, I mean, the miracles that happened and the things that Paul did. And I mean, his handkerchief that probably had his boogers and all that stuff on it laid it on and healed people. His handkerchief with boogers on it. What a story of the guy back in the, I think it was 1920s. I need to actually look this guy up. I think it's Smiggles' work. But the guy that goes up in the... He like went up into hospitals when there was a bunch of sickness going in, and he healed every last one of them. He'd walk by the streets, and pop, people would fall out in the spirit and be freed and start worshiping and following after the Lord. I want to be like that. 
But if we do not bring and keep our bodies into subjection, that's never going to happen. We have to. I have to. Just like preaching to you today. If I'll bring, my, bring and keep my body under subjection, that's what preaching to you be. I'd be a castaway. I'd be disqualified. That what I'm doing here, even though it's for the Lord, it would probably just be thrown to the side because I'm not bringing and keeping my body in the way that it needs to be. It's not holy and acceptable before the Lord, so it would be a tainted offering. I'm not saying that the Lord couldn't work through the words in the Scripture because His Word will never go out void. It never goes out void. But the blessings are something that I may have gained from that. They're discarded because I'm not living the way, I'm not living the life, I'm not doing what I need to be doing, I'm not running my race the way that I need to, I'm not going down the right road, I'm no longer on the pathway to heaven, I'm on the way to hell and I don't even know it. God help me. But see, if we don't have the Holy Spirit teaching us and training us and showing us, showing us how to run the race, showing us how to fight, showing us how to praise and worship, then how are we going to bring a keep? How are we going to run our race? How are we going to fight the fight? How are we going to stop the devil in our lives? How are we going to stop the, the devil out of our children's lives? How are we going to stop the enemy from doing the things that he's doing in this nation or this world? How are we going to stop the principalities and the powers that are working and activating right now as I speak in the United States of America? How? How are we going to do that? I know, I mean... I'm not trying to beat anybody up or anything. I'm just trying to stir people up. Because I know there's more I can do. I am not doing enough. I look at Paul and all that he did. I'm like, man. He's like poster child for Christ. He's like, dude, psh, I shipwrecked. Did this, 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 this. Got bit by poison snakes. Did this and this and this. Got flogged and beaten and almost killed. I don't know how many times. You know, big deal. But he didn't want the glory in that. And it's so awesome because I know our flesh, like the list of stuff, they would be proud of. Like, hey, <laughs> I did this, I did that. And that's not how we're supposed to be. That would be also in the whole wrapping up of the bringing and keeping. We've got to bring and keep our bodies into subjection so that we can run the race, so that we can fight the fight, so that we can come into the glorious gates of heaven and hear, welcome in my good and faithful servant. Don't you want to hear that? I do. I can't wait till my ears, well, it's not going to be my ears. I'm not sure what it's going to be because it's going to be my spiritual body till I physically hear it. Will I just shatter and fall out in front of him praising and worshiping? I don't know. I can't wait for that day. I can't. And I can't wait for y'all's day either. But we've got to bring and keep our bodies into subjection so that we can run the race and fight the fight that we need to fight to save as many souls as we can and bring them to Christ. Do you want to see someone go to hell? That's something I've, I've been listening to some other stuff from another church, and they're all about saving souls right now, and, and it's good because we should be. I should be. I forget sometimes when I see a person at the store and they're wearing a slipknot shirt or something, or I see somebody at work with a pentagram on their shirt and, and think God loves them too. God wants them saved too. He wants them in the heavenly kingdom too. Do they know Jesus? Do they? Who's going to go tell them? Who's going to tell them if they've got some problems, if they need hope? Who's the answer? It ain't a drug. It's not pot. It ain't pills. It ain't booze. It ain't porn. It ain't TV. It ain't hunting. It ain't fishing. It ain't sports. It's God. But we try to fill this thing, the void that we have inside of us, with so many things because our flesh is stupid. It is. God, I know God. I'm saying that. I know my name. I'm not speaking to anybody else. But my flesh can be dumb, right, dumb at times. And it asks for the stupidest things. But that's where the bringing and keeping comes into this part. We've got to bring and keep our bodies into subjection. Bring and keep them. It's a constant, daily, hourly fight. Because not are we fighting to, fighting to run the race or drive the race and fight the fight. We've got to fight ourselves. That's just insane. And the enemy knows that, and he will use that against us. He has, and he will. Until we know what to do, until we tell our flesh no in certain instances, until we learn the word and know what it is that we, what is good and what is evil, and like, man, I didn't even know that was sin. I didn't even know I was doing that wrong. But if you've never read his word, how do you know? 
if somebody doesn't come up here and preach it to you and don't tell you that specific scripture, how will you ever know that you've been sinning your whole life? I'm not saying God won't forgive you because he doesn't know that you don't know. Or he knows that you don't know. But how would you feel if you've been doing that your whole life, whatever it is, and you didn't even know it was a sin? I'm not saying, God, you know, God doesn't like sin, but he also knows if you knew or not. And if you've been living your life as try as best as you can, I'm not saying I don't know how God will judge that, but I don't know how that conversation would go over with God. And I, will, I don't, honestly don't want to know. I've got enough bad stuff in my life that I've done that as one thing I've been praying for, a good healthy fear of the Lord. I do fear that conversation. I am I'm I'm awaiting that conversation because that means that I've gotten past the first step and I don't go to hell. I've run the race, I've won the race, and I'm in heaven. But there is also another judgment coming on the bodies of believers for every word that is spoken and unspoken and everything that you've ever done in your life and everything that you have done or didn't do. I'm going to have to talk to God about that. And that's a conversation I'm a little scared to have. That's why it's so important that we bring and keep our bodies under subjection. We have to beat ourselves up sometimes. We have to tell ourselves no. We have to read our words even though we don't feel like it. We have to go sing and praise. We have to go to church even though we don't feel like it. Even though we've had a very bad day, things ain't gone away. I got a headache. My back hurts. My leg hurts. My hand, I can't feel it. Whatever it is that's trying to keep you from this place. And I'm not saying church is the end all to be all. But any place that you can go and be in the presence of other believers, chasing and running that race after the same prize. Woo-wee! If you get into the same, if everyone in this building would worship the Lord, man, the glory of God that would drop on this place and the praise that would beat and defeat those things that you think are so dominating in your life, they'd just fall to the ground and they'd be like nothing. I'm not saying they wouldn't come back because the enemy's cool. Well, he's not cool. But that's how he works. He likes to bring stuff back. Oh, remember this. (laughs) Remember that sin you did. Oh, remember this. You're still dealing with this. You can't go to church. You still watch porn. <laughs> you can't go. No, no, no. But that's the one place that you can get the freedom. That's the one place that you can get the liberty. That's the one place that you can get the victory over those things. But the devil will try to lie to you and tell you that's not the place to go. He says, you're too dirty. You can't go in that clean place. Man, I was dirty. If I didn't start coming to a place like this, I never got clean. I'm still in a purging process. I'm still getting clean. There's still things in my life the Lord's come knocking. He's like, hey, Sean, what's up? Yeah, you watch a little too much TV. Yeah, you need to stop. Well, whatever it is, I'm just saying. It could be something bigger than that, something smaller than that. I was just speaking about stuff the Lord's dealing with me right now personally. And I know right now this is a season for the church to be stirred. This is a season for the church to fight. And if you're not bringing and keeping your body under subjection, when the next season comes, will you be ready? Will you still be running your race towards God? Will you still be fighting the fight for God? Will you still be bringing and keeping your body under subjection, being a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before the King of Kings? Or are you going to give up? And let me tell you, if you give up, the the race that you're going to be on is not going to be a good one. Sure, it may seem easier, easier to deal with or handle. You may even be the richest. You may even become like a famous movie star, be able to tweet all the time and tell everybody about your feelings and how you feel, how you think everything should be. Have millions of dollars and a big house. But when you get to heaven, he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Do you really want that to happen to you? I'm not saying that's going to happen. That's just an example. But that worries me. Am I bringing and keeping my body under subjection like I need to? Am I physically making my spiritual man united with the Holy Spirit and doing what the Lord wants me to? Am I? Am I? I mean, that's a constant all the time, 24-7, 365, second I wake up to the second I fall asleep, even when I wake up in the middle of the night, there could be something I need to do to get in line with the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Every day is different. 
even though sometimes they feel the same. But I urge you today, where are you running to? What race are you racing? Are you racing for God or are you racing for yourself? That's Because that's where the bringing and the keeping comes into thing. You can think you're running the race towards God, but if you're still allowing your flesh to do things that you know the Lord does not like, then you're not running towards God. He knows in your heart if you're actually trying to defeat the things that you're dealing with, the strongholds and the roots and the, and the things that are laced within your life that he knows and he wants to free you from. And he will if you just ask him. But that's the race you need to take because that's the race that leads to God. That's the race that leads to heaven. That's the fight that will lead to the kingdom of Jesus Christ and great and awesome glory. I can't imagine. I leave you with this. What are you running towards? What are you fighting for? And who's calling the shots? Is the Holy Spirit calling the shots in your life? If he tells you to call a fast right now, would you do it? If he said, hey, I need you to do a three-day fast. Just water. Don't worry about it, what it's for. You'll know. I'm not saying it's always like that. I just know sometimes the Lord will call me to fast, and he won't really give me a reason for it. He just says, you need to fast. And I'm like, sometimes I will listen. Sometimes I don't. But that's because we've got to bring and keep our bodies into subjection. We've got to keep them lined up with the Holy Spirit. And we're not going to be able to run the race that we need to run. And we're not going to be able to fight the fight that the Lord has placed you on this planet to do. And if, if anybody is dealing with those things right now, you can come up right now. I'll pray for you. You will get saved. You will be delivered. And I have faith that the Holy Spirit will empower you and point you on the track that you need to go down, the race that you need to run, the fight that you need to fight and empower you to do so, to battle and stop whatever it is in your life that's holding you back. So that we can help everyone else in this world. So that we can give someone else that same acknowledgement and give them that same power to stand in the victory of Jesus Christ. Because God ain't never lost a battle. Never. And if we're living for him, we shouldn't be losing either. Don't let the enemy lie to you or your feelings, your emotion, your body, saying you're hurt, I must be losing a battle. You know. No, you're not. Because you can't see your spirit. And if you could only see your spirit right now, whoa. Man. But if you need prayer, come on up. I'll pray with you. You can get deliverance and freedom right now and start running that race, fighting that fight, and bringing and keeping your body under subjection, being a living sacrifice to the kingdom of God and being who it is that God made you to be today. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you and we praise you. You are everything. Jesus, you paid the price for us all so that we could have your victory. The authority in your name alone shatters and ripples through the spiritual realm. The enemy can't stand your name. He can't stand at it. And we praise you and we worship you today, Lord. We thank you. You are mighty. There is nothing that we are dealing with in our lives that you can't fix, you can't stop, or you can't free us from. We come to you humbly asking us for freedom and liberty that you break the shackles and chains so that we can run the race and fight the fight that we need to fight, Lord. Help us all to bring and keep our bodies into subjection so that we can live holy and acceptable as best as we can, repenting when any time sin comes up, living our lives and running the race towards you and your kingdom of God and bringing it everywhere that we go. Please, Lord, help us. Please, Lord, help me. Help me to live my life the way that you want me to. Help me to live obediently to your word and what it says. Help us to fight the battles that are before us and Help us to be equipped enough to fight the battles for people around us, Lord. To come against the principalities and the things that the enemy is trying to do. But the church will not be hindered. For the gates of hell shall not prevail against you and your kingdom, Lord, and your church, Father. I pray now, Lord, for everyone under the voice. Everyone that can hear my voice. 
and I proclaim the liberty and victory in Jesus Christ over them. Thanks be it to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That victory is ours, and we stand upon it this morning. We bind it to our hearts, and we loosen it within every word, every thought, every decision that we have until the day that we get grace to walk through those gates of heaven and hear good and faithful servant welcome in. Lord, help us with the race and the fight that we have to have here until we get there. I pray that you free and deliver those who need your freedom and deliverance today, Lord. We bind up all adultery, all sexual immorality, impurity, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, dissension, heresy, envy, murderness, drunkenness, carousing, and the like, and everything the enemy's trying to use against us to bring us away from your kingdom, Father. We bind those things up and cast them away and pray for a heavenly Holy Spirit-filled boldness within our lives that we chase after you and we chase after more of your Holy Spirit to strengthen us to fight the fight and race the race that we are meant to run. We thank you today. We praise you today. And help us to walk in your victory as we leave this building today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we proclaim it. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I thank y'all and I praise y'all. Y'all be blessed. Mm -hmm.